Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, great to have you tonight. We're going to have some fun. And I've uh, been wanting to, I've uh, been looking at this for a couple of weeks and wanted to get it started. And uh, how many of you have been in the connect groups in the Bible study? That's uh, talking about your brain and your thought patterns and how God created us. And some of you are learning a lot of things. Well, we're going we're gonna to mix in with that a little bit tonight, okay? And I, 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 I entitled this message, Another Level. Amen? It's time to get to another level of faith. You know, just not to always, well, we're getting along. We're waiting for God. We're, you know, we're just, you know, uh, you know, we always seem to be waiting. But, but, you know, David said, when he went out after Goliath, what did he say? He said, this day, this day. Amen? And we can believe for this day. So let's pray over the word. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just love you tonight, and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that your word is the most effective thing in all of our lives. And we thank you, Father, that it is alive and it's active in our life. And I pray tonight for the Holy Spirit to cause it to come alive in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hi, Rosita. We missed you. Good to see you. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to, uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter, let's start with Ephesians chapter 3.20. And uh, it just seems like even myself, when, when I get moving ahead in prayer, when I get moving ahead in faith, it just seems like I, you know, always, God always brings it back. It, like if I'm, if I'm going up against a wall or if I'm, I'm struggling with something, God always seems to bring it back to my thought life. See, you guys, you know, you guys, you, you come out to church. You come out to church on Sunday mornings and uh, maybe you uh, listen to the word on YouTube or you read your Bibles. But God is wanting us to take his word. These are our tools these are our instruments, and he wants us to do something with it. We can't just keep hearing it and seeing results. We have to do something with the word of God. Amen? And so tonight, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about a few things. We're going to talk about uh, our thought pattern, imagination, our, our talk and what we're saying, what we're seeing. So let's start out with Ephesians chapter 3.20. It says, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Say imagine with me tonight. He is able to do more than all we ask or imagine. One translation that says all we dare to ask or imagine. How many of you know God is wanting, he's waiting for our words. He's waiting for our prayers. He wants to move in our life. Some, so many people, they're asking, what God, what are you doing? Or they get mad at God. But God is wanting to move. And he says here, he will do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Amen? Amen. That word imagine means to form a mental image of something that is not present. And a lot of people don't get this. You know, Abraham, he called those things that were not as though they were. In other words, Abraham formed a mental image of something that wasn't present. He didn't even have a child when God gave him the promise that the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. Amen? 
And we're going to show you how, how God did that even with Abraham. Imagination means the ability of the mind to be creative and resourceful. Do you know your mind has the ability to be resourceful and creative? And here God is saying, he said, I can do, I will do all, immeasurably more. I will do above all that we can imagine according to the power that works within us. God wants to show up in your life. Amen? Amen. Now, I don't know whether you realize this or not, probably if you've been in this church for a while, but we were never designed to speak anything that we didn't want. So even though God gave us our imagination and he wants us to ask everything above, you know, he'll give us above what we imagine or think, our imagination can go a different way too. And if we allow our imagination to go a different way and then we begin to speak not what God says but what the enemy says, we're going to get what the enemy says. You see, our imagination is so important. And if we're not careful, there's one scripture in Proverbs, and I didn't, I didn't bring this out tonight, but it's, it talks about if you're having a bad thought, put your hand over your mouth because you don't want it to come out of your mouth. Amen? So, so we're, we're never, we're we're, we were designed, we were never designed to speak anything that we didn't want, only the things that we want. Let me show you something in Numbers chapter 14, 1 through 3. It says, and I'm reading this in the New Living Translation. It says, then all the people began weeping aloud. Now, let me tell you the story here. God's leading the children of Israel. He's leading them into the promised land. They send spies out. They're getting ready to take this land. And they send these spies out. And these spies are going uh, to see what the land is all about. But God had already said to them, he'd already said to you, you go, he told Joshua, he said, you go into that land. He said, I'm going to give you the land. Amen? He told the children of Israel that. But when they went to look at the land, they came back with an evil report. Now, I'm going to pick it up in Numbers 14. But if you read Numbers 13, it talks about they came back with an evil report. Now, let's look at verse 1 in, in, in Numbers 14. It says, then all the people began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Now, remember, God already told them he's given it to them in their hand. Their voices rose in a great chorus of complaint against Moses and Aaron. We wish we had died in Egypt. I hear people say, I wish I, I never got saved. Isn't that the dumbest thing to say sometimes? I was better off in the world. I'm not the only one that's heard people say that. But it's a crazy thought. So they're saying, we wish we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. They wailed. Why is the Lord... Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as slaves. Let us get out of here and return to Egypt. Because when they looked at the land, even though it was filled with the promises of God, it was filled with milk and honey and everything good, there were giants in the land. And so instead of letting their thought pattern, their imagination take off with what God said. And how can we do that? We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Rather than what they're seeing, they, they believed what they saw rather than standing on what God's word had said. 
Amen? Now let's go down to uh, verse 26. They were very upset. They said, there's no way we can do this. They were saying opposite of everything that God had said. And then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked nation complain about me? This was a whole nation, the children of Israel. I have heard everything the Israelites have been saying. God hears everything that we say. Now, th now tell them this. This is what God told Moses to tell them. As surely as I live, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. I, the Lord, have spoken it. So all the things that they said, that they wish they died in Egypt, that they, they, all the things God said, I'm going to give you what you said. They were saying the wrong thing. They came back with an evil report. God, God had already said, he didn't even tell him to send out the spies. Now let's, now I want us to back up a minute and I want us to look at Joshua and Caleb to Numbers chapter 14, verses six, verse six through 10. See, it all had to do with what they saw. What are you saying? What are you seeing? What are you seeing in your imagination? What are you seeing? Are you seeing the word of God? Are you seeing the promises of God? Or are you seeing everything else that is surrounding you that is against the promises of God? We're in, we're in a spiritual battle, and the battle is a battle of the mind. And if the devil can win over your thoughts, you're going to get what you're thinking because you're going to eventually say what you're thinking. But let's look at Joshua and Caleb. Now, they saw the same thing as everybody else. And the Bible says that Joshua and Caleb had a spirit of faith on them. And it says here, two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They said to the community of Israel, the land, they were telling the children after they were all complaining, they were all crying, they're saying they're going to die, their kids are going to die, I can't believe God did this to us. So they, they, quiet, they were quieting the people, they tore their clothing, they said to the the community of Israel, the land we explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Do not rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land. Fear will steal, steal the promises of God every time. Fear will just, it'll, it'll tear down, it'll steal your healing, it'll steal your victory, it'll steal your finances, it'll, it, I mean, it'll just steal all the promises of God, amen? So he said, do not re rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. Joshua and Caleb saw something different they saw giants in the land. They saw that there's no way they could possibly have victory. But look at what Joshua and Caleb said. They said, they are only helpless prey to us. They're helpless. This is what Joshua and Caleb saw. They have no protection. That's what Joshua and Caleb saw. But the Lord is with us. That's what Joshua and Caleb saw. The men that had the spirit of faith. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. You know, so, so many times ministers, preachers, maybe some of your friends, they'll preach the word of faith. You'll be going through a situation. I, I remember someone saying to me one time, they were going through something, and I was showing them the word, and they said, the word, the word, the word, is that all you can say? I was like, 
who know what else to give you. <laughs> you know, I stand on the word, amen? Well, that's what they were basically saying to Joshua and Caleb. The whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites from above the tabernacle. And if you go on and read it, that whole generation was wiped out. And the two that went into the promised land with their families was Joshua and Caleb. Because they saw something different and they said something different. Not only do we need to see it, we need to say it. It's so powerful when we put God's word in our mouth. The woman with the issue of blood. I don't have that scripture right here. Well, I do have Mark 5.34. We can put that up. The woman with the issue of blood. Here's a woman who, for 13 years, couldn't receive, didn't have healing, had an issue of blood, was not supposed to be out around people. They could have stoned her. They could have, it, it wasn't legal for her to be out there. But she got a hold of something and it began to affect her imagination, and she began to imagine herself healed. And, and if you read it in the Amplified, it said, for she kept on saying, she kept saying, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I might be made whole. There's a chance I'll be made whole. Well, I'll just try this. I'll try it out. I'll try this faith out. No, she caught a hold of it, and she kept on saying, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And in Mark 5, 34, and it says, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You have been healed. Whose faith made her well? Hers. She touched the hem of his garment with the finger of faith, man. She reached out and she grabbed a hold of that, but she kept saying it. She pushed through. The, the disciples even said to her, when he said, who touched me? Because he felt the virtue flow out. The disciples said, man, there's all these crowds. Everybody's pressing in. What do you mean everybody's touching you? But that wasn't what Jesus meant. She touched him and she received, she received faith. Amen. She received her healing by faith. Amen. I would say that she was on, a, on another level. She imagined it. She said it. She went after it. And she got it. Amen. She imagined it. She saw it. She saw herself. Her, 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 she saw herself healed and whole, touching his garment. There was no question. What is it that you're, that you're needing from God? Amen. What is it that you're believing God for? Uh, some people say, well, I don't have any needs. I'm healthy. I'm blessed. Well, maybe you need to start believing God to, to see 5,000 souls saved. Maybe you start, need to start believing God for other areas. Maybe, maybe, maybe you need a home, or maybe you need to believe uh, for, for th there's just so many. God, God is wanting you to come before him and do mighty works, but it happens through prayer. It happens through asking and believing. Amen? So I don't know if you realize this, but I believe Satan wants to stop our imagination or cause our imagination to be different. Even in Corinthians, and I don't believe I have that here either, it, it talks about, it says that casting down every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. 
You, so we know how to cast down those imaginations, but we don't know how to grab a hold of God's imagination that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. When you're suffering through something, you begin to imagine yourself healed. You begin to imagine yourself running a, 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 a five-mile marathon when you've got a broken toe or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. You begin to imagine yourself uh, stepping into that yacht that you've dreamed about. You begin to imagine the things that God has, the promises of God. But Satan will put his imaginations in there. But we're to cast those down. Because his imagination, it, you know, will, will tear down. It'll tear down the word of God. Your imagination that God has placed in us. See, God has given us the imagination. It's not just like a, a worldly world. He talks about imagination in the word. And I'm going to show you in a couple other instances, a couple of other men of God here that use their imagination. But your imagination will create unlimited possibilities. And you know what? We've gotten to a place where we're just, we're just kind of like, we know, oh, God will do this, or, or, or we'll have a limited possibility. What do you believe in God for that seems like an unlimited possibility? An unlimited possibility. Remember what God said in Genesis 11? He said that, in, in verse 6, in the Amplified, he said, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. God put that imagination in us for good. God had to come down and come find the language because God knew that imagination was in them and nothing they could imagine. What are you, what, what are you imagining? You know? Maybe, you know, maybe, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just going to hold my thoughts, okay? You know, we did, this year we did uh, the vision board class. How many of you were here at that? And, and that was great. And people cut out pictures and they, they imagined whatever it is that, that, that uh, you know, maybe, maybe a new car, a new home, and imagine their kids in church. Um, they imagined, uh, you know, just whatever, and the promises of God. They imagined victory. They imagined not being depressed anymore. People and cut out pictures of a happy person and things like that. But where's that vision board? Is it, is it stuffed in your closet? Is it behind your couch? God always talks to me. I got three of them. He's always like, I'll walk by and they'll be folded up. And, I, and I'm like, I got to get that. I got to get, get those pictures before me. Now, Pastor Maureen, how many of you know who Pastor Maureen is? Our pastor, Pastor Tom and Maureen. When they come and we pick them up, we talk to them a lot. And uh, they're always talking. That they, they, you know, they built a church, 16,000 people in their church. They, 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 they've done great things for the kingdom of God. They've gotten the word of faith out there. They, and, and they're still doing the work. But she'll pull out that little piece of paper. And now she pulls out her phone because she took a picture of her vision board. And she'll go, see, I got this, and now I added this. Now, now she's in her 70s, and I added this to my vision board, and now I got this. And you just get so full of faith and, and vision when you're around them. You know, they're, they're, they're not, you know some, people say that when people get older, they, they, they stop dreaming because their vision changes. 
well, I'm retired. Well, this is this. But, but not with them. They buy new houses and bigger houses. <laughs> they do bigger things for the kingdom of God. And God is wanting us to do big things for the kingdom of God. Amen. And I believe the enemy knows that if you see it, God will deliver it. And he's trying to keep you and I from seeing it. And I believe that's why that scripture's in the Bible, casting down every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And you know, the, the only fight you'll have in it is the fight of faith. You don't have to fight the devil. You don't have to fight people. Amen? See, the enemy's already defeated. So you don't have to, what you have to fight is you have to fight the faith fight to maintain your sight. To maintain your sight. Our kids, imagine, you know, I, you know, I just, I pray for my kids all the time and I have things that I'm, I'm believing God for, for them. But you know, when you look over, when the devil tries to tell you, your kids will, will never serve God, they'll never make out to anything, or they're never gonna, whatever the devil tries to tell you about your kids. You look, I've been, I've been uh, reading Joel 2.28, and it says there that it shall come to pass afterward that I'm gonna pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Say all flesh. And he says your sons and your daughters show what? Prophesy. You need to start imagining your sons and daughters prophesying. You need to start imagining your sons and your grandchildren in the kingdom of God. You need to start confessing that over there. God, you said you'll pour your spirit on all flesh. You said our sons and our daughters shall prophesy. You said our old men shall dream dreams. Our young men shall see, shall see vision. And, and, and honestly, all of these things are affecting our imagination right there in that scripture. But a lot of times we're saying what we have instead of having what we say. See, we ought to be dictating. You know, in James, it talks about if you can control your tongue, you can bridle your whole body. And I'm gonna read, I'm gonna, I, I believe this was, I had this in the, um, in the connect groups, and I'm gonna read, um, where is that? I'm gonna, I don't even know where I'm at in my notes. I think I told you everything. No, just kidding. I want to read something that I believe I, wrote, I, I, wrote, I read it in that um, class. Let me see. Okay, this is by a neurosurgeon, okay? This is a true fact outside the Bible, all right? And he said this. He's a top neurosurgeon. He said, and, and I read this in Dr. Cho's book, if anybody wants to um, look that up. I was, and, and it's the, called The Fourth Dimension. The neurosurgeon said, it's amazing that what people say is what the nerve system picks up. And it begins to do that in their lives. He said, that is why you have to watch what you say. You cannot speak out of both sides of your mouth. There are people, people, and I've done this before, 
I'll just be honest. We'll be in prayer. We'll be walking the floor. I thank you, Lord. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I thank you. I have 20-20 vision. I thank you this. I thank you. Or maybe I'm talking about my finances. And I come right out to the right out of the prayer room, and probably within 10 minutes, I'd be saying something contrary. How many of you have done that? Come on now. We can't do that. It doesn't work. We have to catch. We need to be attentive to the words that are coming out of our mouth, paying attention to that and not speaking those things in any situation, not speaking what the devil is causing us to imagine. But he said this. He gave examples. He said people who were saying things, they got he said, saying things, they got them because they were never designed to say what they didn't want. This is a top neurosurgeon. neurosurgeon. We were never designed to say what we didn't want. He said, our words were, are designed to control our body. He's talking about how the tongue is able to control your whole body, that when you are saying certain things, he said the speech center in the brain rules over all the nerves, and as a result of that, according to our findings in neurology, the speech center in the brain has total dominion over all the other nerves. The neurologist began to expound on these findings, and he said this, that the speech nerve center had such power over all the body that simply speaking can give one control over his body to manipulate it in any way he wishes. My body's strong. I'm full of energy. I'm telling my body what to do. I'm controlling my body. But, when we're co but honestly, a lot of what we say I'm so tired. We we just you know, I, you know we, we just we we have pains everywhere, and I'm not saying they're not real. But in order to see the word of God come into effect in our body, we need to be saying the word of God because when we speak the word of God, that word is alive and full of power and active, and it'll energize our body and it'll bring the promises of God to pass. Amen. He said, uh, "Where is it?" Someone, he said this, he said, someone says, I'm weak. He said, right away, all the nerves receive the message and they say, well, let's prepare to become weak. We've received instructions from our central command of communication that we should become weak. So they then, in natural sequence, start to adjust themselves for physical weak attitude and weakness. He said, someone says, well, I have no ability. I can't do that job. Right away, he says, the nerve endings begin to acknowledge it, and we've received instructions from the central nervous system saying that we have no ability, and we are to give up, and we have to stop striving to develop anymore. He said, even saying, I'm retired. He said, they be, he said, they begin to relax and so forth and so on, so you got to find some other ways to say things. That's amazing. One, one person said that, that you, it, it's amazing, um, older people should be dreaming beyond what they are, but they get to an age and, and, and they stop going out, they stop getting a, being adventurous, they stop thinking that, you know, they could start a new business, they, you know what I'm saying? And it, I mean, it's just amazing the things that I've been reading and I'm like, this, this, is, this is really awesome. And they line up with the word of God. Amen? Now, just remember this. God is not restricting you. 
All things are possible to them that believe. Let's look at Joshua 6, 1 through 3. Almost done here. Just got a couple more scriptures. I have two minutes and 55 seconds. You guys doing all right? You learning something? All right. Joshua 6, 1 through 3. It says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. That was the city of Jericho. Remember, they had to march around the city and to, to take the city for God. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands. See, God said it again. He didn't say, I'm going to give it to you. He said, I've already given it to you. Like he said, I've already healed you. I've already blessed you. I've already given you the victory. He's, tell, he's telling them, I've given Jericho into your hand. It's king. I've given Jericho into your hand. I've given its king into your hand and the mighty men of valor, all of it. Joshua, I've given it into your hand. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once, and then you shall do six days. And if, you, and if you remember, if you read it on, it goes on the seventh day, they shouted. But can you imagine keeping a group of people quiet for six days? Because he told them not to open their mouths. But what was the process that you think Joshua was, was using to see that, the fight that he hadn't been in yet? What do you think the process? This is in Joshua 6, chapter 1. Let's look at Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. And it's telling the process by which God taught Joshua to believe. In verse 8, he said to Joshua, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, keep it in your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, so you keep it in your mouth. Then you're thinking about it. Then you're imagining it. You're imagining taking the city of Jericho. You're imagining taking the kings. You're imagining taking all of the mighty men of valor. Amen? This shall not depart from you, but you shall meditate, you shall think on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. He said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor, be, nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So how long did he say? How much did he say to meditate? Day and night. Day and night that thou, may to do, that thou may do what? Observe to do. I don't know if Joshua could have done what he did if he wasn't meditating in God's word day and night to observe to do all that God told him. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read this verse again, again. But every place that you see thy, I want you to say out loud, I want you to put your name there. Okay? I want to show you something here. Will you do this for me tonight? Amen. Just, just, just your, this just your first name, okay? We'll start out with this book of the law shall not depart, depart out of Judy's mouth, okay? So this book of the law shall not depart out of, don't say my, say your name. This book of the law shall not depart out of, but, but shall meditate therein day and night. I'll read the ones, the scriptures in between. That may observe to do according to all that's written therein, for then shall make. Who's going to make your way prosperous? You put your name in there. When you start meditating on the word of God and putting this in you, you start doing things like that. 
Because it says it right there. He said, if he told Joshua, if you will meditate, if you will observe to do, if you, then he says, you will make your way prosperous. That's powerful. It's in, you're not waiting on God. You're waiting on you. You know? Hallelujah. When, when, when you begin to do that, when, when you see it, you'll begin to believe it. Amen? Abraham, think about Abraham. And I was going to go to the scriptures, but you just go to Genesis chapter 15 and you can read about Abraham. But Abraham was promised he didn't even have a child. And he's like, I'm childless. How am I going to have, you know, he was going to be blessed. He was going to be many nations were going to come out of him. But, but look at what happened. God took him out. And you know what he did? He got a hold of Abraham's imagination. He said, Abraham, I want you to look at the stars in the sky. And then there was another place. He said, Abraham, I want you to look at the sand of the seashore. That many that many people is going to come out of you. God took his imagination. And then you think about David. David was so, here he was, the children of Israel were so afraid. They were, they, they were going against um, Goliath and the Philistine army. And here comes David, 17 years old. But you know what David had been doing? He'd been out in the field taking care of the sheep. And he'd been meditating on the word of God. And he took care of the lion. And he took care of the bear. He was protecting those sheep. He was not afraid. So here comes David to his up, walking up to his brothers because they're in the army. And he's bringing them lunch. And they're like, what are you doing here? And then he's like, I'm just bringing you lunch. And then he hears the, uh, Goliath defying the armies of God. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And they're, they're getting upset at David. But you know what? He'd been meditating in the word of God. And he went, and he didn't just, he said it. He said this day. Not only was God going to give Goliath into his hands, but he was going to destroy the armies of the Philistines. He spoke what he, was, what he was going to do before he did it. He had that faith. And you know what? A lot of times when we're speaking and we're believing and we're praying, people look at you like you're crazy. Oh, yeah, that's that faith church over there, you know. That's that name it and claim it munch, you know. You know, meanwhile... People have done nothing for God. They go to church and go to lunch. They go home, and that's it. But God's wanting us to do great things, and it's going to take us getting into the Word of God, meditating it. God wants miracles in your life. God is still working miracles today. Miracles have not passed away. Amen? Healing is still happening today. Financial blessing is happening today. People get so weird. You, you know how you can tell money got a hold of people? When they start getting upset when you start talking about it. Money's just an instrument. It's just a tool. And the Bible tells us what to do with it. 
Amen? And you just, you go ahead and read about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and David. And read about how they cast lots for Jesus' clothes. If they weren't worth very much, I don't know why they were casting lots. But I'm telling you, God has a job for us to do. And David said this day, so many times, and I don't want to get into this yet, but we're going to talk about this. We're just kind of waiting. We need to get aggressive with our faith. The violent take it by force. But you got to do something with it. You can't just sit around and you, you, if you love God and you pray and you read a few scriptures once in a while, oh, gee, I think I'll read Psalms today. That's great. You're going to go to heaven. You're going to love God. But, but I'm telling you, God's called you to accomplish something in this life and to do something and to do it big. He's looking for Abrahams and Isaacs and Jacobs. He's looking for Davids. He's looking for a man like Peter who messed up so many times, but yet that one day he was so bold and 3,000 came to the Lord in one day. I mean, he's looking for people, and they use their faith. Read, read your Bible. Amen? Read your Bible. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of tonight? This, you know... We're going to talk a little bit more about this stuff in coming weeks, but we got to get onto another level of faith and not stay where we're at and not, because you know what? We can get stagnant, even though we, many of us have information, but we need to catch revelation because when you catch revelation, you'll grab the bull by the horns and you won't let go until you see the promises of God in your life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.